Thank you, Kirsten. Good morning. Good morning. Um, take a deep breath, right? Breathe in. Hold it for five minutes. Five seconds, maybe five minutes, five seconds. And then release. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you so much to our musicians and, and uh, to, our, to our church leadership team and to our rooted leadership team. Um, I woke up this morning. I had an alarm set for 5 o'clock. I woke up, but I wasn't ready. Doze back off. 45 minutes later, I woke back up. But I woke up with a dream on my, on my mind and in my heart. I woke up, I guess God needed me those extra 45 minutes to give me some more sleep and to put this dream that I had a vision in my mind. It was audible, there was conversation, and it was visible. I was in a stadium, a, a service, a building such as this. Uh, this was a little bit different because we're talking to a lot more people online and across the world and across the nations and across the United States of America. So I'm going to tell, tell you what I shared or when I heard in this dream before we get started this morning. So I, as I walked out into that room in my dream, there were so many people in the building. Today, we have a handful of people. You've seen the majority of them singing, playing piano, violin, guitar, etc. You've seen a couple of individuals come up and welcome. That's about it. But in this dream this morning, between 5 and 5.45, I saw a room full of people. And as I came out, I thought, I don't recognize very many of them at all, if any. Shelby wasn't singing. I didn't know the people in the crowd. And I asked, where are all of our visitors from? A group of individuals in the crowd over here said, Colorado. I'm just telling you what my dream said, okay, what my dream was. And over here, there was a group of individuals, and they said Colorado as well. And then there were other people throughout the entire stadium sharing where they were from. So if you are from anywhere else than Santa Claus, Indiana, thank you for joining us this morning because I know that there are a lot of people listening from all over the United States of America this morning. And if you're from Colorado, you were in my dream this morning. So I can't make that stuff up. Nor can I make up the fact that um, I know a couple of the songs that were going to be sung this morning because one of them I specifically requested. Thank you, Jessica, for singing that song for us this morning. Um, but I didn't know they were going to sing There Is a River. And um, I was standing back here in awe of God because what I'm about to start with speaks about the Samaritan woman at the well. So thank you, Clayton, for continuing to play that song this morning. Have you ever said to God, God, how on earth could you ever use me? Have you ever questioned him on the things that are going on in your life in your past, things that are going on in our current situation, why we're having to do a lot of this online and, and figuring out how to communicate? And for somebody who's a hugger and a, and a, and a person who loves to be around people, this is tough, so check on those people that you know love to be around people because we're not doing okay. Moses said it, and I'm going to paraphrase, when God said to Moses uh, what he wanted him to do, Moses' response, and again I'm paraphrasing, is don't send me. I can't talk good. How could you ever use me? 
Jesus tells us about the woman at the well. She was a sinner, he said. She'd been married five times. She said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jewish man. You shouldn't even be talking to me. Maybe you've said it like this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm used to this room being full of a lot of youth and and young adults and their families. Um, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. I'm too shy or I've made too many mistakes. We've all made excuses and think that God can't use us. I was introduced to the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I estimated maybe 15 to 17 years ago. I had struggled for many years with shame, guilt. Um, How could God ever use me in the choices I had made in life? Um, I had experienced a lot of grief over a significant loss of my uncle when we and I, we and I, we, me, he and I were 24 years old. But I learned in the book, again, from Pastor Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life, that God has a purpose for our experiences. He has a purpose for our passions. And we're going to talk about both tonight, the purpose and the passion that he has for us in our experiences. And I'm going to read a quote from... Uh, Day 31, it's a 40-day journey. It's a 40-day journal book that you can use. Um, A lot of people do it during the Lenten season. I've read this book again and again and again and again over the past 15 to 17 years. But I want to read a piece from, from Rick Warren this morning from day 31. He said that it is the very experiences that you have resented or regretted most in life, the ones that you wanted to hide and forget, These are the experiences that God wants to use and help others. They are your ministry. For God to use your painful experiences, you must be willing to share them. You have to stop covering them up, and you must honestly admit your faults, failures, and fears. Doing this will probably be your most effective ministry. People are always more encouraged when we share how God's grace helped us in weakness than when we brag about our strengths. Again, this is taken from day 31 in the book, The Purpose Driven Life. And if you don't have this book, I highly recommend you get it. And again, it's by Pastor Rick Warren. What the enemy intended to use to destroy us, God will take it. He will use it to raise us up and to glorify him. Whether it's a past experience, whether it's something that we're currently going through right now, We did a Zoom call yesterday with some of our junior and seniors. Um, It ended up being all seniors on the group uh, Zoom call from our youth group. It was our small group from Wednesday nights. We can't gather together here in the building at church on Wednesday nights, but Satan is not going to stop us from gathering together because thank goodness we have technology and smart people who are leading us today in the tech room back there in the sound room. But we talked a lot about what are we currently going through, especially for our seniors right now, whether you're a senior in high school or a senior in college or, or whatever facet of life or generation of life you're in right now. This morning, we're going to cover a lot of scripture, and I provided it ahead of time, and, and on our, in our tech booth, they're going to display the scripture, but grab your Bible if you already have it with you beside you, or I know many of you might be using your phone to watch this morning, but if you use your phone as a Bible, use it as well. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the um, occasions where God said go. So this morning, um, the message, the 
title of per se, if you want to call it that, of our message is very simple. It's one word, it's two letters long, and it's go. How on earth could we mess that up, right? It's simple, it's straightforward, but as human beings, we seem to be able to make excuses and we mess it up. And all God wants to do is for us to go. So we're going to read several scriptures. Uh, so hang tight with me as we get through them. And again, our, our tech crew are going to display them. And the first one, we're going to go back to Moses. In Exodus 3.16, and we're going to read from the NIV version today. God said to Moses, go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you, and I have seen what has, done, has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses had a lot of excuses when God asked him to go, one of them was, he said, O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in my past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. But look what happened to Moses when he was obedient and allowed God to use him. The Israelites were delivered from slavery and into the promised land. Two weeks ago, during rooted service, we had a panel discussion Pastor Tim interviewed three individuals. It was um, Kinley, Clayton, Duffy, and then Pastor Tim himself. So between the four of them, they shared how their respective generation responded to anxiety in, in their season of, of growing up. And it was something that Clayton said that made me think how relatable it was to what I had already been preparing for for the past couple of weeks for today. And I, I told uh, Clayton and Stephen a while ago, I, I promise I plan and prepare weeks in advance, but it all kind of comes together about midnight the night before. So I, sent, I think I sent them an email with the scriptures last night about somewhere between midnight and 1 a.m. So maybe I did need those extra 45 minutes this morning to sleep. But Clayton was sharing with us in, a, in, in his conversation, and if you, have, if you didn't listen a couple of weeks ago, please um, go back and listen to a couple of weeks ago in the Rooted Service when Pastor Tim was interviewing them from their respective generations. And he talked about how he, his hobby is a way that God can use him to spread the gospel. And one of the things he mentioned was his hobby of gaming. Now, I'm not a gamer. My two boys, Nick and Isaac, they love to, to play games. Couldn't tell you what the names of them are. Wouldn't even know how to pick up the remote and try it. But I'd never thought about, well, how could an individual use gaming as a way to spread and share the gospel of Jesus Christ? That in Clayton's passion for what he does in gaming, he has a whole network of other individuals that he may not know personally and, and, and physically face-to-face -face with each other, but again, it's this virtual world that we're all living in today um, that we can spread the gospel across the nations. And that is exactly what God asked us to do is to go out and share his saving grace with other people. So thank you, Clayton, for taking that passion and being able to share that. And, and Clayton is just one example. Kirsten and 
and uh, Kinley and Shelby and, and the other young ladies, you know, and the, and the other youth in our group, we've all got different things that we're interested in and we're passionate about. And so again, in a little bit, we're going to talk about how God takes our per- personal experiences and the personal passions that he placed within us and how he uses that to spread the gospel. So in addition to the experiences, um, I want to go back and talk about how he placed passions within us. So in Psalm 139, and and we're not going to read the whole scripture, but it says here that we are reminded that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. His works are wonderful. We were woven together in our mother's womb for all the days ordained for us for a time such as this. I want you to go back with me to some of the scriptures that you'll see again displayed on the screen, and we're going to see where the Lord asks us to go and where he asked other individuals in the Bible to go as well. So in Mark 5, verse 18 to 20, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go, but he said, go. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Then we're going to go to Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. Again, I told you there's going to be a lot of scripture today but it all has one word message, and that one word is go, and it's two letters, and we just have to follow and do what he says. So again, Luke 5, 17 to 26. One day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a man paralyzed on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I'm going to step away from that. Would you not want a friend like that to carry you? It would take a few friends. few friends like that to carry you on a mat to be healed by Jesus. Let's get back to the scripture, verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. There's another instance in the Bible where the Lord said go, and he said it to Mary Magdalene, and he told her to go. So this comes from our uh, reading in Matthew 28, verse 1 through 10, and this was after he had risen. Verse 20, 
Uh, Verse 1, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had delivered seven demons and another woman named Mary, went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And that leads us to the Great Commission that we read about and hear about often in Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. And the Great Commission is for all of us to go and spread the gospel. And here's what Matthew writes, starting in verse 16. And this is following Mary Magdalene and the other woman Mary as they were on their way to share with the disciples what Jesus had just told them. Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So again, there are several instances in the Bible, and there's so many more where God says go. And I want to go back and I want to talk briefly about the woman from the well, the woman at the well, and then another person that went out and shared their testimony. I didn't find it specifically where uh, Jesus said to these individuals to go, But these individuals went, and they shared the gospel of Jesus, and they shared their personal testimony, and that's how we can relate to today's message. So in John 4, verse 39 to 41, it reads, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Clayton sang about it, and the musicians played the the river, and we learned that message that she shared her testimony of what he told her. So she said, he told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Then the final individual that um, had a personal experience with Jesus who went and shared his testimony was the blind man from uh, the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 35 to 43. And this will be our last scripture that we read today as we uh, approach and close here in a moment. As Jesus approached Jericho, 
a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So he called out, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. He replied, Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. So let's recap these individuals that we just talked about that Jesus was, they were instructed to go. Moses, because he went, many were led into the promised land. The demon possessed man, because he went, all of the people were amazed. The paralyzed man, because he went, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Mary Magdalene, because she and her, because she and the other Mary went to tell his brothers to go to Galilee, there they saw him after the resurrection. And then the 11 disciples, because they went as well, Jesus said, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that means he is with us. The Samaritan woman, she believed. She went to tell her testimony, and many more became believers. The blind man, because he followed Jesus, many others also praised God. I'm going to ask a question. Did you hear of any perfect people in that lineup of individuals that God used? I guess we all qualify because none of us are perfect. And so since we're not perfect, God can use us as well. He can use our experiences and he will use our passions as we talked about. And we're going to talk about here for just a quick second. So when you go and you share your testimony, God changes your life and how you use your testimony or how God uses your testimony is what I want to say. God will use your testimony so that it becomes somebody else's survival guide. So what you've been through in the past, what you're going through today, the season that we're in, it is going to be somebody else's survival guide in the future because you were willing to share your story of how God used you. So I want to pause here. I've asked um, Clayton and our tech crew to play a video for you. It is a video from an amazingly beautiful experience that I personally got to experience, but it is the most phenomenal music video I hope you ever get to watch. So I'm going to pause here for a moment. Don't leave us if you're, if you're viewing and with us online in your homes. Uh, stick around after the video because we're going to wrap it up and close with a couple of closing comments and, and prayer. So we're going to turn it over to our tech team to play the video. Amazing, right? So did you see me in that video? I was just a few rows back amongst 65,000 young adults. 65,000 people together. 
That was only about two and a half months ago, if that, two months, I don't know. It was New Year's Eve. We were in Atlanta, Georgia with Louis Giglio and his wife, um, and we were at the Passion Conference 2020. I don't fit. I've aged out of the 18 to 25-year-old time age range. So believe me, the only way I was there is because I'm a youth leader. And I will be a youth leader for the rest of my life that I'm able to be a youth leader so that I can be in that experience that you just witnessed. And I was there amongst my own children and other youth from our youth group and friends. And so I just want to kind of close it up and I want to share how I got my invitation to go to that event. Somebody told me about Jesus when I was a young adolescent. It was my mom, it was my dad, it was my grandma. It was the people that they put me around in that space that told me about Jesus at the time. But fast forward several years, I went away to college and I uh, ran as far away from God as I could for approximately 11 years, abused alcohol for 11 very long, ugly years. But it was those experiences that are painful that allows me to share today my passion, why I love to do what I do, as Clayton loves to, to do his hobbies and you all love to do your hobbies, it's through your hobbies and your experiences and your passion that you can spread the gospel. And so about um, probably 18, 19 years ago, after a very long season of running away from God, my cousin, Robin Schultz, saw and recognized in me that I was searching, that I was looking. And she invited me to go to a Bible study that took place just down a few... Um, uh, miles down here from Santa Claus, and she invited me to attend my first Beth Moore Bible study. I will forever be grateful for Robin because she invited me. So I want to challenge each of you and ask you, who's your one? Hope Davis and I got to attend Winter Jam uh, in Evansville a couple, a um, few weeks ago, really, not that long ago. It was in January, I believe. And Hope and I were at um, Winter Jam in Evansville, and they talked about who's your one? And they encouraged us to pray, who are you praying for? Who's your one individual? And maybe your one might be one person, but maybe your one might be a group of individuals. Or maybe your one that you're praying for and to witness to could be a nation of individuals because you stepped out and you recognized that somebody was searching and that somebody didn't know Jesus and or maybe they knew him but ran away from him, but they were coming back. So God never stops pursuing us. And so this morning, I want to close and I want to ask you um, to listen to a quote that I read just the other day and I thought would be very appropriate to say right before we close in prayer. And this is from the book of Esther in the Bible. It says, the, the quote, it's not the verse. It could be like Esther you have been purposely placed in unusual circumstances for such a time as this to be the light of his love and the witness of deliverance to others. So I want to ask you today, who said yes to God so that you could say amen? And then I want to ask you, and I'm going to read it so I don't say it wrong because I'll, I'll, I'll mess it up. Say yes to God so someone else can say amen as well. Your yes can lead them to the same gift of grace and forgiveness that you have been given. So please join me in prayer as we close this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. I pray a special blessing upon every individual that is in this room with me, which there are very few. But I pray for every individual that is viewing this today, who will view it in the future, 
And I pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would have favor on them, that you would continue to pursue them if they're running from you, and that you would encourage them and send them off to share your gospel with other individuals as well, to be the shining light that you get to shine through. Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit come upon us, that you enter every room and every space, Lord God, that is witnessing and viewing today and hearing this message of your saving grace. And it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.